Good morning to everybody. I know that you've already been welcomed, but happy Father's Day. I'm with one of the fathers at Uni Hill, who I'll introduce in a minute. To everybody, this is Chris Len. Uh, Chris, tell me just quickly before we start. It's Father's Day. It's been an interesting season. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, can you remember a memorable Father's Day gift or what's the standard gift? Can you remember anything? Nope. <laughs> you know, it's Not fun- really. The, the biggest one I remember was there was a year where Jai came home from school with one of the statements where they write, you know, how old is your dad? And they don't give them the answers. They've got to work it out. And there was this question, how wise is your dad? And Jai wrote, as wise as a chicken. <laughs> and I also that year weighed 100 kilos. Oh, right. So he thinks I'm big and incredibly right. smart. So, no, that's brilliant. To everybody who may not know, uh, Chris is the husband of Pastor Irene, uh, who leads our Freedom Fellowship. She's also the founder uh, of a women's ministry that supports uh, women in pregnancy uh, and great leaders of our house. Chris has served in the music team at the East. He also helps lead one of the connect groups that they run uh, fortnightly on a Friday. Uh, so in short, he is part of the family at Uni Hill, and I'm so grateful to be able to talk to you today about fatherhood. Thank now, you. you have a, uh, an, an interesting scenario uh, in your fathering, being that you're actually uh, from a, uh, a blended home. You, you've actually raised kids with Irene. You both have had children from mm-hmm. previous marriages. Yep. So we're going to get there in a minute. But before we do, why don't you tell us a little bit about your walk with God? Uh, when did you actually become a Christian? Uh, when I was a teenager, 14, 15, uh, pretty full-on, um, going to youth group, Bible studies, three times a week, three times on Sunday, uh, help with planting churches and stuff, even back then. Three times a week and three times on Sunday. Yes. So don't, don't tell me, Uni Hill Church, that we have a busy diary when we're talking a commitment of six times a week. From, from, was that because your parents were involved in the church? or my, No, my, my brothers, my sisters and my brother. Whoa. Yeah, they're pretty full oh, That's awesome. Yeah. Now, was that, that in Australia or? In Malaysia. In Malaysia, before, before awesome. I came. So when yeah. did you come over to Australia? I think it's in 83, or I think it's 83. Yes, yeah. 83, when I was 17. Right, wow, 18. so 17 years with your family or by yourself? Uh, my brother's really here, so I came here on uh, uh, to, to attend a university, Monash. Yeah. Yep. So then obviously knowing your story a bit, you went on a journey, but yes. let's fast forward a little bit. Um, we know that uh, uh, you've had a previous marriage and, yeah. and now, once again, a bit, of a bit of a walk away from God for a season yeah. and you've returned to God. Yes. So we'll pick up at that moment. Yes. So you've returned to God. Tell us, most importantly, it's Father's Day. We want to know the goss. When did you first lay eyes on Pastor Irene? <laughs> <laughs> With Irene, it's, it's a really God thing. Um, I was called to... Um, to serve at the church in Craigieburn. And that's where I met her. She was called to serve at Craigieburn as well. And uh, that's where we met. Awesome. Yeah. She was doing uh, uh, children's ministry at that time. And of course, I've got three boys, uh, young kids. And uh, I take 
the kids to the ministry. Yeah. Awesome, cool. awesome. How long did you – so you've got kids, yep. Irene's got kids. How long did you guys date for before you got married? We dated probably two years um, and uh, God was – was, yes, was in it all along sort of filling in the gaps kind of thing. And uh, we, we have a lot in common in terms of what we believe in. Of course, we are both believers. Uh, and that sort of connected us even more. More than that, we find that ourselves, that we have a lot of common values, that yeah, awesome. strong common values as awesome. well. Yeah. So you meet, you know, eyes meet across a crowded yes. room. You fall in love. A couple of years later, you're married. <laughs> yep. So now you're married. And, you know, effectively, it's the Brady Bunch scenario. Yes. You have a blended yes. family. And, and that's a, a unique insight as far as there are, there will be, and we will minister to a lot of blended families. That happens. And, and give us a bit of insight into what that's like in the early years. Because your kids were, what were the ages uh, when you got was, married? When we were married, I think it was, oh, jeez, five, six Five, six, seven, and eight. That, yeah, that wow. Group, the five of them. And they're pretty close together, Some, so they're pretty good friends. They get yeah, along awesome. really well. I think what makes it easier as well, that she got girls, I got boys, so there's no clashes between boys. It's yeah, great. Yeah, so it was good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So obviously needed a big house. Yes, we ended up in a five-bedroom house. Awesome. Uh, they all each have their own bedroom and uh, when Jonathan came along he he was in our room <laughs> but we extended the area for uh, Irene's mum as well Irene's mum was living with us for a few quite a few years wow. so we have six children the two of us so that's six eight nine man imagine that at the dinner table in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very, very cute. Yeah. Well, so, so you've been a father for a period of time and now in the snap of a finger, you've gone from boys to and daughters. Yes. So you've got sons and daughters. How did you adapt? Was there a difference? Did you feel the approach had to change? Everything what was that got like? to change. Yeah, okay. Everything got to change. I've got to learn to... Uh, I got to get to know the girls. The girls are quite good. They are, they are good kids. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> they are very good kids. Yeah. I think it's because they're grounded in, in, in church life. Yeah, awesome. Uh, because we've been going to church, even, even while we're going out together, we have always, it's always been church life. Yeah. And I think that is a very, very strong and good foundation for any family. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially a blended family. Yeah. Uh, because you need that foundation, something in common to unite to unite the blended family. Yeah. Yes. And that's probably a place where and correct me if I'm wrong, where being in the house together, having the common belief and faith yes. means that you can then help speak into that yes. from what you believe as a mature Christian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I and, and I think in the house situation, they, they all have their own private space as well. That's important. Okay. We always make sure that they have their own private space, their own room. Uh, I've got to make sure, or I should say we've got to make sure they, we meet their needs first before they want. And, uh, and I think 
Uh, Irene has done a great job with the girls. They're brought up pretty well in terms of uh, their behavior. So I, we, I've never, no, no issues at all. They're fantastic girls. Ah, brilliant. Yes. So I've got three, as you would know, and mm. I'm approaching the age where Kiara's preteen. So she's yes. becoming smarter than me very quickly. <laughs> Uh, with yes. technology. Yes. So talk to me, you're in a blended scenario, uh, you've got a, a run of ages, boundary setting. Well, you know what I mean? C uh, what I want to know, I suppose, and the, the, I suppose it's that common ground that you talked about because mm. you've got daughters that are now yours, but mm. they're not your own, but they're yes. yours. Yes. And then Irene's got sons that are hers, but they're not hers. Yes, yes. So, so how, did you, how did you do that as a parent? I guess we all we both knows uh, how to deal with different things, so we sort of work on what works. Say, for example, uh, if there's boys' issue, I'll deal with the boys' issue. If there's girls' issue, you know. So in certain issues, we both got to deal with it. So mm. we've got to be you got to be you got to work together and yeah, okay. be smart about it. I think I think the the. The problem is if one tries to do too much that's not working, then I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, what would be, uh, like, if you, if you had some, what would be some of the challenges that you reckon that you faced that if somebody was watching this, whether it be myself with my fathering, uh, whether it be uh, a blended family that are in our community or any father that's yeah. in our community, what are some of the challenges that you think you faced uh, that you felt you did well in uh, that you could give me some wisdom? At the time, you, you don't really start thinking about what you're doing well or doing yeah, not. Yeah, so you, true. You're trying to figure out what works. Yeah, oh, amen. And then once you've done that, you just run with it. Yeah. Um, of course, um, there's a lot of praying behind it as well, behind mm. the scenes. Mm. And as I said, um, the boys and the girls, they're, they're good kids. Mm. I, I don't recall having lots of issues at that time. And like any other flavor, I think the most important thing of all that I get out of it from all of it, it doesn't really matter whether you're blended or not blended. Blended is one thing, but bringing up children applies across the board. Yeah, it's true. I mean, absolutely. Uh, once you see part, because we, as a family, there's, we see, I see, uh, I find that my role is to get to know them. You have to get to know them, who they are, their quirks and stuff like that. Once you get to know um, the children, it gets easier. How did you do that? We... Uh, quickly organising, I think I'm going to take my kids on dates, like just yep. me me and one-on-one -on -one time yep. as, as we go out. Hey, you know, you're saying, because that, that makes so sense to me, because in fact, Pastor Greg has always said it, uh, that he tried to keep a tight uh, connection and relationship <laughs> with his daughters. Like uh, there was always a strong relational bond yep. and his son, yep. and, and that helped then with the parenting relationship. So how did you go about developing and getting to know them? And again, like I said, a lot of because we are so involved with uh, with uh, ministry, because we ran the youth group, and at that time, mm. they were part of the youth group. 
as well because you know, so you're a youth youth leader <laughs> yeah youth pastor, right? we've done a lot of things in our <laughs> time awesome. uh you know so and because of that you tend to because you're interacting with them at yeah. the same time you tend to get to know them mm. not on the ministry level as well they are who they are i think that's the important thing um and then we have what you call uh, our family time is during dinner time yeah that's when we talk or whatever other than that, um, it's, it's a very, you go through different stages and processes. Okay. It yeah. might, it's been when the children are three or four or five years old, that's one stage. Yeah, it's different. It's and true. then they grow up to teenager as another stage. And I find that <clears throat> because they're involved with you group, there's a lot of people that they hang out with that we trust because yeah. we sort of uh, know them all. You know what I'm saying? They are yeah. from good, uh, godly family and stuff yeah. like that. So they, there wasn't a lot of time when we are uncomfortable who they're hanging out with and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, God was actually part of their growing up yeah. as well. I think, that's, I'm, and I think, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's cool and great wisdom in that part of being a father is helping your children to facilitate the right friendships. That's correct. Yeah. That's what we we always encourage. We always sort of, uh, for the better word, guide them along the way. And we have decided day and then that if we do not like what we see, so to speak, we have to speak into their lives. So, so would would I would I say the advice that you would give to a father would be? go out of the way to help your kid support the right friendship. So if they had a friend yes. that lived half an hour yes. away that yes. was a good friend or a friend that lived yes. five minutes away, you'd make the extra effort yes. to get them to the right friendships. Yes. All right. So it's that community, isn't it? That, that whole thing of uh, uh, being raised, uh, a godly father wants to set up a good community around That's them correct. as well. Yes, yes. Because it's, re it's yes. reinforcing the, the the same values. Okay, it's that's phenomenal. that's really good. So culturally, now we've got a Malaysian, yeah, and we've got an Australian, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny when we were prepping this, it, it made me begin to think about uh, the culturally. Both my parents immigrated to Australia. Mum is half English, Scottish. Dad's full Italian, which uh, but all extroverted, loud, yelling people and april's <laughs> yeah, family yeah, quite the opposite yeah, that yeah, yeah. and um you know i i've always put that a, as a, a cultural clash but you said to me which i actually found quite profound that you you can have an italian family that's loud but an italian family that is quiet that's it's right. the temperament of the family that's not correct. necessarily the culture that's correct but you're bringing different cultures together regardless yes. of what it is so though malaysian though australian yeah. how did that cultural blend come together how how did that work <coughs> for you guys i guess from from my perspective in my situation i think we all have to assess our situation separately because different couples and different cultures interact differently mm. so in my case uh, i'm i'm i love the australian culture all right that's so that's the barriers really gone and with irene she loves the chinese culture mm. so part of the barriers really come down 
so because she was at uh, living in China for a year, so she's been exposed to Chinese culture. Oh, really? Quite, yes. Okay. Quite intensely, and uh, so she really know all the, all the majority of the food or whatnot, their behavior. And then when she, <clears throat> this is after I met her, and then she went over to China for one year and came back. I think she was pleasantly surprised that I'm not like other Chinese, so to speak, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm I'm already, for the better word, been living a customized yeah to Australian culture. You've been in Australia longer than I have. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so I, I think she was surprised with that. And, okay. and we're really halfway there. Mm. For, you know what I mean? So there's not a lot of finding out afterwards what, what, what you're like in the culture-wise. So there's no surprises. Yeah, and, and the girls are really exposed to it. And the boys are, you know, they're born here. So they're exposed to it. So... A lot of barriers have been broken down. It's not like surprise, or the or the dark secrets comes out of the culture. Mm. No, there's nothing like that. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Good. I think that's a, a great way, really, to break that down, isn't it? Do you feel we sometimes give cultural background more influence in building relationships than we correct. need to? Yes. Yeah. I guess from my point of view, from my observation, <clears throat> you're absolutely right. I think we've given too much. Uh, focus on the culture more than the person behind the culture. Wow. Yes. Uh, and, and I suppose that challenges then uh, your approach, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. Yeah, wow. Definitely. Wow. Because I think once we uh, look past the culture, everybody is the same. Everybody is the same in terms of what they want in life, love, faith, hope. Uh, being valued, all, 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 the, all the important things in a person that makes them who they are, that stands out. If, yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, who what God's made them to be. That's Absolutely. correct. That's correct. So give, give me some wisdom around then. Um, just imagine looking down that camera that this room is yep. full of people, which yep. it will be. Yep. Uh, we're currently filming... Uh, on a Tuesday night, uh, sorry, but just imagine this room's full of fathers. Yep. Now, I would love you to, what, what piece of advice could you give me uh, as, a, as a person who loves Christ? Mm. Uh, if you had had advice given to you years ago that you think would have helped you in the stage that I'm in now, mm. what, do, you, do you have a clue what that would be or what wisdom would you, you give me? I guess the, the one thing that when I was, when you asked, asked me to do this with you, one of the things that I've been thinking about that I can't get out of my mind is that we have to make Jesus the center of it all. Wow. Now that I look back, I've been always thinking about when I look back uh, as, a, as a father to a blended family, cross culture, whatever, I've saw a lot of uh, um, the word of God being played out. Wow. Uh, how God helped me in different areas, help us in different areas, and how much truth came out from the Bible. If I look back, all the verses that God gave me for wisdom, everything, it, I, especially the putting Jesus as the center. Mm. 
of it all. Um, another wisdom, I don't call it wisdom for myself, I'm just expressing my experience yeah, through it all. Yeah, that's awesome. Get, get the family involved in church. Get the family involved with family church life. I think that's in, incredibly foundational for even though you're not, if, you, if you're not a blended family, you're natural, it doesn't matter. It has the foundation of a family. Would you think it had been easy? I, I look at parents yep. and being through that, you've got the young kid, yep. the mum comes to church, yep. doesn't really get to connect much because they're chasing a child. Yep. It's hard, yep. but you believe it's worth it. Oh, of course. Yep. Of course. If I were to do it all again, I'll do exactly the same thing. Get the family into church. It's, wow. It's one thing that, that because I think people, a lot of family, I think, have overburdened themselves is, I've got to raise the, the family. Yes, one part is true in my opinion, but another part, the church family helps Wow. Raise your family. So do you believe that should be something that we should encourage dads to lead in the regard of connectedness to the bride, to the, to the body of Christ? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. I think that dad uh, would have to encourage the family to, be, to go to church. There's, wow. there's, there's no buts. There's, mm. there's no buts. Chris, I reckon that's profound. Really, in that statement, what you've said is you've said, by making Jesus the centre... One way you can do that is by getting in the Word because it was those scriptures that yes. helped you yes. and connecting your family to the church. Yes. So keeping Christ the centre, dads, from one that's done it, get into the Word and get your family into community and even help them with the right friendships. Yeah, I, I think when, you, when we do that, we tend to um, help take the focus off ourselves and wow. focus... On other people, the, I find that the minute we focus on ourselves, we tend to find trouble. If mm. you for the better, I was now I wouldn't say trouble. It's like human nature kicks in. Do you reckon that's happening in the past eighteen months because of COVID? I suspect <laughs> that's a good one. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> people are at home; they're not in community as often as they have been, and, I think and then that inward. Yeah. Yes, we're more self, not self. What's good at? Sometimes I find it hard to find the right words, but I, I, I you're in your own the, environment. It's a little bit less connected yeah. with the family of God. Mm. I think that's. Uh, I don't think that's healthy. No, that's great. Well, listen, mm. as a pastor of a church, I didn't ask you to say that, <laughs> but if you're going to tell people to read their Bible and come to church, I'm going to agree with it every time. <laughs> but that's because you've been there. The wisdom of God sits on you. And I want to thank you for being a part of uh, today. You're welcome. You, you know, the reality of our community is that there are so many fathers your age that you represent that still have a massive role to play in our community. Yeah. I want to say to all the fathers, regardless of your age, whether you are in the throes of it or whether you're beginning to be a grandparent, if you're a father and you're in this house whether that be a spiritual father, a great uncle, a great big brother or an earthly father, there is still great value 
that is in you that our community needs. People like Chris, people his age have wisdom. You have wisdom that our community still needs. So my, my call to you on this Father's Day is to continue to invest into this community because you carry more wisdom uh, than what I do, but we are a community together. And, and, and that is what uh, I believe is on this house, is that we're going to be a community that is going to genuinely influence one another. Yeah. You know? So thank you for your time, Chris. Uh, I appreciate you and Irene and your whole family, and we pray God's blessing on you. Mate, I hope you are being spoiled. Go out for lunch. <laughs> uh, yes, get I'm those sure. gifts and all the stuff that's coming for you, man. Thanks for being happy here. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Hey, Uni Hill. I just want to start by thanking Chris Lynn uh, for that interview. Do you know that I was greatly inspired, especially by that last five minutes? Like if you think about it, what he said to us was, Fathers, read the word. Get your family involved in Christian community and be an example. I think that they're three phenomenal things. And really, I want to say to the fathers in our community, what inspired me about what Chris did is he, he's got all adult children now, but he looks back at his life and he says, I live with no regrets. If I had to do it again, I'd still do it that way. And I believe that if we as the men of this community, as the fathers of this community, and that is whether you are a grandfather waiting for your child to arrive, whether you are a father and you're in the throes of raising a family as we speak, or you're an uncle or a big brother or a cousin, I think there is great merit in prioritising Christian community. Get your family making the right friends and being in a community that pushes them towards Jesus. I want to finish today's service uh, really quickly with three principles out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul is writing a letter to the people of Corinth because they are in a wealthy society. God has blessed that region economically and, and what's happened with all the temptations of having great wealth comes the temptation to be prideful. Are they judging people for the way that they uh, are living, the clothes that they wear or the wealth that they don't have? And what's happening is this pride is creeping into the church. What they are experiencing in the community abroad is making its way into the church. So Paul is writing them a letter and in this letter, uh, in chapter 4, he begins to address what is going on. Now, I want to encourage you, because we don't have time today, read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It's a beautiful piece of Scripture. And as an Australian, there is some ripping sarcasm in it in the build-up to our text today. But effectively, what Paul is saying is that drop the pride. And he's also saying that, you know, as an apostle, I've been through some stuff that's rough, but it isn't about comfort. It isn't necessarily about money. What it is, is about the power of God that is at work in and through my life. And that is what Paul is saying to them. He's addressing them and warning them so that they can continue to grow and mature in their relationship with Christ. So I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians 4. And I, if you excuse me while I look down for a moment, from verses 14 to 17. And it says, I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you, my dear children. 
Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful to the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. So here are the three principles that I want to talk to you about. The first one is this, is that Paul took responsibility because he was the father to that community. It says there in verse 15 that you might have 10,000 guardians, but you don't have many fathers. He goes on to say, For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. What he is saying is that because of his apostolic ministry, God used Paul to birth the church in Corinth. So he goes on to say to them, now you might have a lot of guardians. And in that uh, era, what guardians were, were they were trusted slaves that were entrusted to look after the master's children. They would walk them to school. They would teach them around etiquette, but they did not have the authority of the father or of a father. So what Paul is saying is there may be many, many people around that you have guardians, but I am speaking to you from the authority of a father. Because God used me to birth this church in Christ Jesus, I now have the authority to speak into your world. I want to say this to you guys as a community, to all the fathers in our community. And whether you are a father or a mother or an uncle or a brother or a sister, these principles can be applied in any spectrum where God has given you uh, the opportunity to be an influencer. But what he is saying to them and what I'm saying to you is as fathers, because today is Father's Day, it's a special day. He's saying, You have an authority and a responsibility to speak into the life of your family and those God brings you into community with. So in this context, I know that at the moment there may be some fathers that are struggling emotionally. Do not disengage in this season. Do not refer to your wife. Do not refer your God-given responsibility to anybody else because God has placed you in that household and has given you an authority to lead it. So don't let anyone or anyone tell you otherwise. If God has placed you in your home, you lead in your home and honour God and honour and serve your family. Because he then goes on to say to them, I am writing you this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Do you know, there is a principle there that I learnt from my dad. I remember once after he had played a sporting grand final that afterwards there was a supper. And I had the opportunity to be there for that supper. It was delicious. Everything on that table, the spread looked fantastic. So the moment they opened it up, I was in. I went there, grabbed a plateful, went back, sat down, enjoyed the deliciousness. Then I wandered my way back over again, grabbed some more food, came back, sat down. Then I wandered my way back over there again and grabbed some more and then came and sat down. And then when I got up to go again, I felt this hand on my shoulder. The moment I looked at that hand and looked up at who it belonged to, it was my dad. 
Now, he didn't have to say anything to me, but what he was doing is he was warning me and he was pretty much highlighting to me that, hey, Charles, you're making yourself look like a pig in front of all these people. Now, he did it in a manner that protected me. This is a principle that we can see what Paul is saying. He's saying is, I write this not to shame you, but to warn you. A godly father doesn't shame his children. Whenever you are bringing correction, it's to strengthen and build your children. We live in a society right now where there is a lot of people that throw shame. Don't let that culture creep into your home. You be a father, you be a parent that has the authority to build your children, not to shame them. You see, my dad did it in a manner that was so appropriate to protect me. It didn't embarrass me. It didn't isolate me, but it made me aware. Here is the thing that is important to remember. Shame will bring separation in a relationship. But when you warn and encourage and strengthen and guide, it will build a strong relationship between you and your children. So I want to encourage fathers and anybody in our community, don't be a person that shames, be a person that builds whenever it comes to correcting somebody. And then he goes on to say this, Therefore, I urge you, this is in chapter 16, imitate me. He says a little bit further down after he's saying he'll send Timothy, he says, he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Fathers, be a father that is worth copying. Another story about my dad, he loved music. And I remember as a teenage uh, a boy, uh, my dad got offered some music that he loved on a pirated CD. Now he refused uh, to receive the CD. He said, no, thank you, because he felt that it was stealing. Now, he never would have uh, been questioned about it. He would have got away with it. But he, in his faith, knew that God would see it wasn't right. Therefore, he wouldn't do it. He was an example both publicly and my dad was a minister of a church most of my life and I don't remember a lot of his sermons. I remember who he was at home. And I remember these things over 20 years later. If you think about it, I remember his hand on my shoulder as a child. I remember him and his integrity as a teenage boy. These things were not huge. They were not full of wisdom, but they were full of example that I could learn to copy, that I could learn to imitate. Because what Paul is saying is, copy me, look at me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that's what a godly father should do. You should be an example worth copying. So today in closing, I say this. Fathers, step up to your responsibilities in this season because God has given you the authority to lead in this season. Make sure that you are a father that doesn't shame his children, but warns them and builds them and be an example worth copying.
Father, I pray for every person in our community today. Whether their father is far away and they can't see them. Another painful part of this season, Lord, that that we're separated and isolated. But Father, there are people that are dealing with loss. There are people that are dealing with loneliness. And today, Lord, I pray that you would bless every person in our community, especially the fathers, in Jesus' name. And Lord, today I also pray that you would bless all the yummy food that the dads are going to receive. Amen. Failed to pray for that. So now if you eat, I just said grace. Amen. Now, if there's anybody uh, who's watching this today and you've tuned in, thank you. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity uh, to know what it is to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible tells us that if we have right standing with Jesus, we can have right standing with God. So I want to encourage you that if uh, you have any questions and want to inquire about it, if you go to our website, unihillchurch.com.au and just put in uh, the email that there is, uh, you're interested in following Christ, you want to know more about what it is to be a Christian, we'll make sure one of the team gets to you this week. God bless you all. And we look forward to seeing you when we return to church. See you soon.